New beginnings. Come on, let's do it. We stand in this place today to give him glory and give him thanks, amen, for his faithfulness. Here we go.
so good, amen? Thank you, Jesus. We sing your praise, Lord. We give you thanks. We run to you, Jesus. Song said, We were the beggars, now we're royalty, Jesus. We do that, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Lord. Releasing it all to you today, Lord. Lord, we sing it out. Come on. Put us at this table with you, Jesus.
corporate sector? Will you give him that key to your life? Will you give up that control in your life? Will you allow him to protect you the way he knows you need to be protected? Come on. Let's declare this together. No worry. No worry. No weapon will prosper against me. No darkness, no evil will tease or torment me. No weapon, no word. Come on, say. Against me. No darkness, no evil will tease or torment me.
Welcome to church, my friends. Can we give him praise? For he is good. Amen. He's fighting those battles right now, and he is your protector. Amen. He is so good. Could you turn to someone and say, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Good morning, my family. Oh, I did not want that to end. Amen. What a beautiful reminder. What a beautiful reminder. Hey, church, we want to welcome you into the house of God this morning. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, church. My name is Roxy, and it is my honor and privilege to be part of your worship team as well. Welcome to church. You think it's going to work now? I think so. Yeah, I, I think know. so. They weren't expecting that change. They, that was they it's all it's all their fault. Sorry, Hector. It's all their fault. I'm just kidding. Let's just give a shout out for our <laughs> sound guy back there. We right? keep him on his toes. That's right. We keep him on his toes. Hey, church, we want to welcome you and welcome those from home that are live streaming. We welcome you into the house of God as well. Man, I certainly sure hope that they felt what we the felt this morning. Amen. Amen. They too were standing on holy ground. Amen. Amen. You know, I hope that the Lord has begun his work the second you walked into this place from the greeters all the way to this moment that we're in right now. Uh, today is Baptism Sunday, Amen. and it's cause for it's celebration. Big day. big day. It is. Uh, so church, you know, I hope that the Lord began to stir your heart already. If you've not made a decision to to go public with your faith. And by public, we don't mean coming to church with your friends. We're saying, no, this is that marriage, one covenant agreement with you and the Lord saying, it's me and you. And this is going to be my lifestyle moving forward. Amen. Amen. So, More it, than just posting a verse on your Facebook page. That's right. right? I, oh, that's not enough. No, no. Come ah, on, mira. Let's walk out mira. in faith here. So we invite you, church, that if you've not made that step, well, I hope you certainly today... Um, our speaker today is going to bring the house word. down. Word. Amen. If this is your first time in church, I'm sure glad it is because it's going to be an amazing time. So church, I hope the Lord is stirring your heart in that. And if you have been baptized already, and I would love for you to hang out right after second service. Immediately, as soon as we dismiss, we're going to have our baptism service out in the, in the mall uh, in our baptistry that obviously you can see as soon as you walk in f- to celebrate with our brothers and our sisters that are making that public uh, commitment. That's right. If you're being baptized, just a quick reminder that there is a class um, that will be right. uh, out through these doors. Sister Cindy will be teaching, I believe, just to help you get ready. If you don't know what baptism is, if you yeah. have some questions about this, about baptism, you're thinking about it, this is also a great opportunity for you to just go check out that class, see if you can learn something, see if today is the day that will be your changed 
And then also um, Friday, November 10th from 7 to 8. Hey, Did listen, you say they, brownies? They have great breakfast. I, well, I just like brownies for breakfast, and they have, like, great <laughs> snacks for breakfast. So I did. Uh, Sorry. Y'all, y'all that's true. my sisters know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. See, see, it's not well, the, the, the cool thing, Rocks Rocks, is that when the ladies get together, they just like to share their cooking. When the guys get together, it's always a competition. No. You know, it's like, who can make the hottest chili? And then all of a sudden, it's, it's a mess. No. It's a mess. We just want to taste everything. And there's a lot of stuff to taste yeah. for this brunch fellowship. But listen, Amen. another thing to remind my sisters about is that on November 10th from 7 to 8, there's a worship night just for ladies. It's a powerful night of just worship and right. prayer, prayer and worship, right? Amen. Because it is, it, is so, it is so important to just spend that time just in the presence of the Almighty, and, and, and this is how I fight my battles. I do fight my battles by worshiping. And the Bible says mm-hmm. that even when you're brokenhearted, you reach up to him in praise and his presence will comfort you. That's what we're doing. So if you need that minute, why don't you come out on um, November 10th and worship with the That's ladies. Right. That's going to be a Friday night. So I invite you to be here. And ladies, I want you to remind uh, your, not only yourselves, but remind the other women in the church that this is not an exclusive event for the women of New Beginnings. So bring your, your comadres with you, your cousins. Seriously, man, this is just going to be an amazing event. Our worship team, who uh, maybe I'm partial, maybe I'm a little biased, rocks, rocks. Maybe we are, Michael, maybe. But I think they're phenomenal. <laughs> I think our worship team is really, really good. They have a heart. And what really makes them, they have a true heart of worship. You know, we, we carry a heart of worship. At least we try. And so church... Grab, grab some women in your life, uh, some other women in your life, ladies, to bring them to that night of worship. It's just going to be really, really awesome. Church, a couple other things that, that are going on. We want to talk to you. We talked about baptism, sisterhood, a lot of programs that we have. Of course, if you've ever been here during the week, uh, maybe like after 4 o'clock, or I hope you're a part of some of those adult education courses that we offer. Uh, we also offer in conjunction with those because it's, it's a big necessity, as you, as you put it so, so perfectly, Rox, is we offer child care. Yeah, I mean, listen, some of your sisters come in, some of your brothers come in, and the last thing you need when you need to hear a real word, when yep. you need to pay real attention, when your heart is hungry for the word of God and you need to spend some time there, you know a squirming baby on your lap is going to be a distraction, right? <laughs> I mean, God bless them. We love them, and they're very cute when they have their cute little moño on the top. Look at that. She's adorable. That's right. But you know what? Sometimes it is a distraction. Sometimes it takes away from what you need to hear. So what we do is we provide child care. But what we also need to provide child care is some extra hands. That's right. We need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We need some volunteers that are willing to work in that um, for, for just particularly for those after-hours yeah. classes. Um, and so it's not a big time commitment. You don't have to skip Sundays. You can be here on oh, Sunday, and part, you can yeah. still go over there and work some other extra hours just to make a difference because those young parents, they really need to hear God. So if you're wondering how else you can invest in other people's lives, right, uh, that's, that's a perfect way to do it, right? You say, yeah, you know what, you have no idea what kind of, 
uh, pressure that takes off of a parent with young children that really need to focus on those times, just like you put it, Roxy. So you're investing in the life of the person, right. trying to really take in what the word and what they're trying to do is excel in their spiritual walk. So church, I, inv- I please implore to you, please, if the Lord is putting that on your heart, say, well, I, I want to get involved somewhere. That's a great way to do it. And if you have the gift of dealing with children, as I've mentioned before, that would not be me. But if it is you, I say, please, there's a QR code that's behind me. That QR code, you go ahead and scan that, and then it's going to be under the NB Kids department with our NB Kids with Sister Jessica. You'll be working with Sister Jessica and her phenomenal team. By the way, yes, hello. yesterday, yes. come on, guys, on. thousands of lives that you and I have impacted with yesterday's Amazing. event at our Trunk or Treat. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who participated, yes. to all of you who gave candy. That was awesome. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for partnering with this church. And while you're in that app, NBCABQ app, uh, on the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see that heart. Without your obedience, your faithful obedience in the, in the giving to this church, we could not make the impact that we're making in this community and abroad across the world. Thank you so much, church. And if you'd like to participate and you've never done that, you can do it by downloading our NBCABQ app. You can give the ways to give are behind me, whether it's by text message or our website or our app. Church, or you can drop off your tithe in an envelope at one of our tithing boxes at the entryway into this sanctuary. And we say thank you so much for your faithful, faithful giving and your obedience. We cannot do what we do without it. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. I really appreciate it. We love you, church. We turn over the pulpit to Pastor Richard Mansfield. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Guys, it's such a joy as a pastor to be able to see people come to Christ and then be completely transformed and then develop into this amazing minister of God. And two such men are David Krantz and Mike Dalton. David Krantz came to the Lord some 41 years ago. I met him, and we used to joke around, and we still do a lot, that we were the winos and dinos and dingbats of the world. You know what I mean? Come on, how many of you are there? You know, yeah, some of you are willing to admit it, you know? But... God took a hold of us and transformed our lives. And I told David Krantz, I go, Krantz, I go, God's got a calling on you. We need to start a 12-step program, and you're going to be the director. And we went off to school. We went off to college. And uh, David became our 12-step director 40 years ago. And he's been ministering to thousands and thousands of people. Mike Dalton came along some 30 years ago. I was at a party at a friend's house. I was shooting some pool, and Mike and Diane walked in, and we started talking. Next thing you know, they started coming to church, and they went to the South Valley. They lived up in the Heights and drove down to the South Valley. And, uh, and man, Mike and David just hit it off, and they became amazing friends and amazing ministers. They've been ministering. And yeah, they've been doing our 12-step program now for 40 years and 30 years, and Uh, David said, Pastor, I've poured and poured and poured and poured and poured into so many lives. But man, I'm just, it's time for me to pass the baton. So they're not leaving the church or anything, but they're giving the ministry over to other leadership. And we're going to be starting Celebrate Recovery here real soon. And it's going to really going to be amazing. But meanwhile, David... Mike, I want to thank you guys so very much for your diligence, your faithfulness. Uh, You've been there 24 hours a day. 
literally, I mean, there was guys that you called me up. We went to the guy's work. He was passed out. We took him to the hospital. And they said if you wouldn't have brought him in, he would have died. And you did that more than once. No telling how many lives you have saved. And Mike, likewise. Mike got really creative. Pastor Michael, our worship leader, wasn't into drugs or alcohol, but he just had some real issues that he was battling with. And 12-step isn't just about alcohol and drugs. It's about dysfunctional behaviors. And Michael was like, I really need to take 12-step. So he signed up into Mike Dalton's 12-step, and all of a sudden they changed his schedule. He was a bus driver at the time. So Mike Dalton said, where does your bus route go? He goes, right here in front of the church. He goes, at 7 o'clock, we'll be there at the bus stop. Pick us up, and we'll do 12-step on the bus. And that's what they did for a year, right? Yeah. Mike's trans- Michael's transformed. He's on staff. He's a pastor now because of the investment these men have made. Guys, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. Thank you. David, Mike, would you like to say anything? I guess it's my turn. <clears throat> I got reprimanded for not speaking. There would be people that think I'm incapable of going on and on and on, and that's not true to the people that know me. I would like to thank Pastor Richard for allowing me to participate in 12-step. I would like to really thank him for the way he reacted to the bus ministry because it was quite a shock to him. Uh, But it seemed like a good idea at the time. I want to thank David Krantz for allowing me to partner with him. I would like to thank Diane and Ruth for the time they gave up for David and I be together. I would like to thank Diane right now for all the time she allows me to talk to David on the phone because let's still even go there. Okay. Anyhow, uh, I, uh, the only thing I would have to say to anybody is when David asked me to come on board with him, the only thing that kept going through my mind is just make yourself available. If you make yourself available, God does amazing things in your life. Guys, would you uh, just pray with me? Father, thank you for David Krantz and Mike Dalton and their faithfulness, Lord God, for 40 years and 30 years of pouring into thousands of lives. Father God, literally, Lord, men and women that have literally been saved from death, from drug overdoses, uh, alcohol overdoses, and other things, Lord God, because of their love and faithfulness. Thank you for Diane and Ruth, David's wife Ruth and Mike's wife Diane that gave up a lot of their husband's time to minister to broken lives that have been put back together, marriages that have been put back together, children with their parents and parents with their children, siblings with their siblings that have been put back together all because of their love. Bless them abundantly, Lord. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Sure love you guys. Appreciate you. Friends, love you, Bill. Appreciate you. If you can't see, it's a standing ovation.
Thank you for showing them so much love. You know, uh, back in 1980, September 1st, Cindy and I gave our life to the Lord. In June of 1981, some of you weren't even thought of, let alone born. But uh, I had the privilege. Oh, uh, I, I, I forgot. Those of you getting baptized today, you need to be dismissed. So whoever's getting baptized right now, you need to go right out that door to go to your class and to go get ready, okay? Yeah. So excited for you guys. So excited. Families and everything, getting baptized. We're so excited for you all. It's an exciting time. But you know what? Um, it was 1981, and Cindy and I lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, and uh, Harold and, and Ronnie Velasquez were in a band called the Latinos. They were phenomenal, phenomenal. And Cindy and I being musicians, somebody said, man, you got to come to this concert at Steve Coronado's church. So there we go. And uh, man, they put on a concert that was phenomenal. And they had just come out with this song that was called, What Will You Do When the Party's Over? Some of you have heard it. If you haven't, Google it. Not now, okay? Not now. Just Google it. The Latinos, what will you do when the party's over? Because it's like, man. But you know what? It's a joy for me to let you know that Harold and Ronnie Velasquez are with us this morning. Would you welcome them? Amen. God bless you all. And I, I, I got to just say what a blessing and privilege it is to stand on this pulpit in New Beginnings Church in the place where Richard Mansfield brings forth the word and has done an incredible job at raising up, being used of God to raise up a church like this. Amen. I, I remember when you were just a little church, you know. Uh, and, and here, you know, God has just blessed the church, and many have come to Christ through your ministry and uh, Cindy's, and uh, I love these guys. Cindy, uh, I worked at the Channel 23 before Cindy uh, was the, the station manager I was. She was my administrative assistant back then, and uh, I was there for a few years, and when I left, they, they were looking for somebody uh, to replace me, and I said, she's right here. She can do it, and uh, they, they actually did hire Cindy, and she became the station manager. And uh, these guys, both of them are powerhouses, both Richard and Cindy. So God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love them. I love hanging out with them, laughing with them, eating with them. And uh, we always have a great time, and so it's a privilege to be here. I've got my family with me uh, today, uh, most of them. Uh, my wife and I drove down from Denver. Uh, this is my wife, Joyce. Honey, can you stand real quick? Uh, 49 years of marriage. Uh, it'll be 49 years of marriage in just a couple of weeks. November 9th, we celebrate our 49th. So almost 50 years. And uh, wow, that's a long time to put up with me, baby. Wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, so my, my parents are here. Uh, my brother's here. I don't know where he was. He's sitting right there, but he must have went to the back for something. Uh, but anyway... Uh, they're here. I'm going to have my family stand. and We may even have some family out there, but uh, mom and dad, uh, my brothers, uh, my brother Ronnie, my grandson, uh, Aaron. Uh, there you go. I, all right. Wonderful to see you all. I think uh, I thought I had an aunt out here uh, somewhere. And anyway, we're glad that you're all here. Uh, 
And we're glad that you all are here. And uh, for, for me, it's always a blessing to come down from Denver to be in uh, New Mexico, uh, get some green and red chili, uh, and nothing like my mom's food, you know, e eating mama's food. So thank you, mama, for uh, feeding us last night some good enchiladas. All right. So thank you, Lord. Hey, uh, I, I, I was down here yesterday uh, for New Mexico Men of Honor with uh, an incredible evangelist that I work for by the name of Mike Silva. Uh, Mike is an international evangelist, uh, recognized in Latin America as the new Billy Graham of Latin America. And I want to show a video that, uh, that we have. So take a look at this. All right. Since the days that Jesus walked on the earth, God has used large gatherings of people as a means of bringing the hurt, the needy, the broken, and the lost into relationship with himself. Preparation begins with fervent and faithful prayer from local Christian communities who see the need to minister and reach people for Christ. Over several months, MSI equips and trains churches on both evangelism and outreach. There are pastors and leaders trainings, follow-up and discipleship trainings, youth trainings, and more. Teams are assembled to serve those in need. Examples include free medical care, food and clothing distribution, targeted community service projects, and school outreaches. The momentum continues to build through citywide promotion, from yard signs and billboards to radio, television, and social media ads, so that everyone knows the festival is coming. All this fruitful work culminates at the festival, the fun-packed event that is free to every person with activities for kids, sports performers, and music from top Christian artists. All this provides the platform for Mike Silva to deliver the gospel message. The moment a person accepts Jesus at the festival, it's just the beginning of their lifelong journey following Christ. And so, the new believer needs support. That's why we provide a bracelet with a QR code to each new believer. This QR code connects them with discipleship materials and a discipleship group. New believers discover what authentically following Jesus means. God is at work right here. He always has been. He always will be. Changing lives, bringing hope, offering forgiveness. But there are still countless individuals waiting to encounter his love and grace. We have the joy, the responsibility, the exciting opportunity to join him in reaching them. And it starts right now. Man, be praying for us, please. And uh, if you'd like to come with us to Latin America or one of our festivals, uh, you can. 
uh, we, we, we make sure that you're involved in your church and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so there'll be a little vetting process. But, man, we'd love for you to come. You can go to MikeSilva.org to find us on, on, uh, the webs, uh, on the web. And then, of course, uh, you can also find us on Facebook, all right? So God bless you, and thank you for allowing me to do that. I want to share with you what God's laid on my heart today. And I so appreciate what... Uh, happened a little while ago with uh, two men that I knew, I've known. Uh, I saw their ministry through, when I was here at Channel 23, we had them at the station uh, more than one time, a few times, I think. And uh, that was David uh, and uh, our dear brother Mike Dalton. They, uh, these, these are like heroes, man. When, when you have men that are investing in other lives to see them transformed, you know what happened? Is that they were rescued. They were lost. They were broken. They had no hope. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes into their lives, transform their, transforms their lives. And now, you know what they're doing? Instead of just holding it to themselves and hallelujah, glory to God, I'm saved. No, man, they're going out and they're reaching people for Jesus Christ, making a difference. They've become rescuers, right? And that, that's what's happened. They've become rescuers. And as we look at the world today, as we look at the world today, there's a world around us right now that's broken, that's hurting, that's needy, that's in darkness, and that's lost. And they desperately are in need of people like you and I that are willing to say, no, this salvation that I found in Jesus Christ isn't just for me. I want to I, I reach people for Jesus. I want to see people come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I don't want to just keep it to myself. I want to become a rescuer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. We got to carry the message. We got to carry the message. You see... I want to be a rescuer because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came to this earth, leaving the majesty and glory of heaven. This is a God who created the heavens. Do you, can you just get your mind around this? Every star that's hung in the sky, he put there. And he hung it on nothing. It's just there, right? And every and not just one or two or ten or twenty or a thousand or a million. I'm talking about billions and billions and billions of stars. And he put them all in their place. Some of those stars are much greater. Do you know that there's stars that are as large as our own galaxy? Can you? Can, I can't even fathom that. How long would it take us to get to the sun from here if we were in, in some rocket ship? Uh, don't they say like, like light years or something like that? And yet, our God, listen to this, our God holds the span of the universe in the palm of his hand. That God, that amazing, glorious, powerful God loved you and I so much. So much that he gave his only, only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to take on flesh and bone and blood. He became a, he left heaven to become a human and then in his sinless life because the wages of sin is death and you and I were all condemned to death. 
You and I had no hope. We were going to be lost in eternity for all of eternity. Jesus comes on the scene. He takes upon himself all of our sin and he allows himself to pay the price for our sin because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. He rescued us. He rescued us. You had no hope. You were on your way to hell. You were in darkness, and that darkness was going to be forever. And then here comes Jesus to rescue you. I want you to know something. That 2,000 years ago, he saw me. He saw a skinny little Mexican kid. Ten years old that was from a broken home, a family that was having some big-time problems. My, my mom and dad are right down here, but my dad was living the rock and roll lifestyle and living the rock and roll lifestyle to the hilt. I mean, living it out there, all right? So my mom and dad were on and off, on and off in their marriage at the point of, of, of divorce every time you turned around. But I'm going to tell you something. At 10 years old, Jesus came into... Somebody told me about the rescuer. Somebody told me about Jesus. I invited him into my life. I and a cousin and an uncle that are two years older than I. And you know what we did? We, we, we were so excited about what Jesus had done for our lives that we thought we want to share this with others. So we got our little guitars and we put on a little Christian concert right there in my bedroom and invited all of our friends. We really did that. We invited all of our friends. And listen to this. Listen to this. We get all our friends there. We do our little Christian concert. And then my uncle says, all right, now I'm going to preach. He gets his Bible open, turns to John 3.16, shares the gospel of Jesus Christ, says, who wants to give their hearts to Christ? And about eight, seven or eight of our friends raise their hands. We gathered around my bed there, laid hands on them, and prayed salvation for them. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? That, 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 that's all it took for me. That's all it took for me because I realized that God could use me even as a kid. People come along and they try and give excuses for why they can't be used of God. Come on now. You can't tell me God can't use you. You can't say, oh, well, I, I don't know what to say. What, whatever happened to the Holy Spirit in your life? The Bible says when you, don't, when you lack what to say, he gives you what you need to say. If you've been changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's only one thing that you need to say. Just tell him what Jesus did for you. Just tell him what Jesus did for you. Amen. Amen. So that's what we did. And then it lit a fire. And that's what we did. We spent the rest of our lives, all three of us, all three of us, my uncle uh, has a church and a rehab home there in Atlanta. My cousin Roger, that's uh, my cousin Noreen's husband, all right, or uh, rather brother, sorry. <laughs> my cousin Noreen's brother, her older brother, uh, that I started in ministry with, he pastors a church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. All three of us are still in ministry. We got rescued. 
And so now Jesus rescued us. And guess what? Begin to pray for my dad, pray for our parents. And guess what? Within a few months, I, I would write to my dad. And he says, even to this day, he'll tell you himself that, he, that those letters that I'd write to him and with scriptures and telling him about his need for Jesus, they would haunt him at night. They would haunt him at night. They would haunt him at night. There's the Holy Spirit working on his heart. And within a, a a short time, maybe a couple months, a young man came, witnessed to him, a witness to he and my uncle, Noreen's dad, and the two of them went to church with that young man the next day, and both of them got saved. Both of them got saved. My mom and dad, a few months later, got back together again. Her mom and dad, who had been divorced for five years, remarried. Now they celebrate two anniversaries. <laughs> You see, we found out that God changes lives. He not only changes lives, He changes families. He changes homes. He changes neighborhoods. And brother, you and I both know, He changes cities. He can change nations. Somebody say amen. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We've lost our vision and our passion for the great commission of Jesus Christ. We've lost it. Matthew, Matthew tells us something that I, I, I want you to get a hold of. All right, Matthew chapter 28. All right, that's all right, brother. I don't need it. Thanks. <laughs> Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 says, that Jesus meets with his, his disciples. Then Jesus came to them, and this is what he said. He's getting ready to leave the earth. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I love this, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So when we go, he's with us. But he's commanded us. He's commissioned us to go. You have a responsibility. A.W. Tozer said something that I want you to get a hold of and listen to, listen to this. He said, in times of extraordinary crisis, ordinary measures will not suffice. The world lives in such a time of crisis. He wrote this 50 years ago. I think we're in crisis right now. You know, we're on the verge of World War III. It's very possible with what's going on in the Middle East. And everything the Bible says could happen just like that. Are you ready for it? This is what he says. The world lives in such a time of crisis. Christians, listen to what he says. Christians alone are in a position. Christians alone are in a position to rescue the perishing. We dare not settle down to try to live as if things were normal. We can't do it. We can't afford to do it. Two years, two, two years after 9-1-1, sociologist Alan Wolf wrote a book. The name of the book was The Transformation of American Religion. And what he did is he traveled all the, all the country uh, researching different churches and denominations across the country of the ramifications of what took place in those churches after 9-1-1. What happened in 9-1-1? America was attacked. The Twin Towers went down. 
Not, not just hundreds, thousands of people, over 5,000 people died that day. We were directly attacked in the churches the, f- the first Sunday after 911. Every, every church across America was packed. It was packed. But you know what he saw? He said the second Sunday, only half packed. The third Sunday, all those people had gone. And and this is what he said. He said what he discovered was that things returned to normal. Why? He said because the church didn't offer what they had. Or maybe they didn't have it at all. And what was that? The power of the gospel to bring hope and transformation to lives. We live in a world that is broken, hurty, and needy, and we offer them normal? What's normal out there? They they call what's good, bad, and what's bad, good. They call evil, good, and good, evil. That's normal for them. We cannot live normally. We're caught, we have a higher calling, church. We have a, a higher calling to bring people the, the, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, as we look around the world today and we see the darkness in the world, you, you know, a lot of people get scared about that. But can I tell you something? This is what I know about light. I don't care how dark it is. The darker it gets, when you have a light, you can see it a whole lot further. Well, ten of you got it. I say when it's dark, when it's dark, and I mean real dark, I mean you can be miles away from a little light, but man, you turn on that light and you can see it from a way long way away. I want to ask you a question. Are you the light? Are you being the light? Do you know your purpose when you wake up in the morning? What do you see? Do you see a mighty man or woman of God? Do you see a great force for the good for this world? Do you see a a person with influence that wants to bring a positive impact upon the world around you? Or do you see a run-of-the-mill person who's just getting by? I'm just getting by. I'm so sick and tired of hearing Christians. You walk up to some Christian and you say, hey, how are you doing? And they're saying, I'm hanging in there. Well, brother, don't let go because it's a long way down. Amen? Amen? Hanging in there? Hanging in there? You know what? I've got, I've got, I love that song they sang earlier, protector. I've got the protector holding me. I ain't hanging. He's holding me. He's got me. He's got you. He'll take care of you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you even unto the ends of the earth, he promises. So what's your problem? Amen? Psalms 139 verse 8 says this, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. 
Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. I love that verse, Psalms 139, verse 8. Do not abandon the works of your hands. You were created for a reason and a purpose, and God wants to use you mightily. Won't you rise up and stand up and be everything that God called you to be? When Jesus was on the earth, you say, well, hey, what was Jesus? What was his mission? There it is in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. What was his, what was it? I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you doing that? That's what Jesus did. What was his purpose? First John chapter 3, verse, verse 8. The latter, latter part of that says, for this purpose, here's his purpose, for this purpose was the son of man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus came to do. And you know what I'm called to do? Follow him. Come on. You know what you and I are called to do? Follow him. You and I have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us to make a difference in the world. The world needs you. The world needs you. Your brother, your sister, your cousin, your uncle, your aunt. They need you to be the light of the world. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. There it is again. Jesus said, go into some of the world and... Oh, 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 oh did I mess that up? I think I did. I did it on... I want to make sure you're paying attention. Go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. You say, Brother Harold, Brother Harold, I'm not Mike Silva. I'm not Harold Velasquez. I'm not Pastor Richard. I'm not even Mike, Mike Dalton over there. Or I don't know if I can do that. You know what? God can use you right where you're at if you'll just be a vessel and say, Here I am, Lord, use me. You've got a testimony. If God changed your life, you've got a testimony. If you've received Jesus Christ into your life, you've got hope the world needs. And you need to share it. You need to share it. You and I were saved from eternal damnation. Are you going to save somebody? Are you going to make a difference in somebody's life? They need it. And they're desperate for that. Listen to Penn Gillette. Penn Gillette is one of the two uh, magicians of Penn and Teller. Anybody remember? You, you know who Penn and Teller are? They're huge in Las Vegas. They've had television programs on as magicians. And, and, and by the way, Penn Gillette is a huge atheist. Doesn't believe in God. But listen to this. Listen to this. He was being interviewed one day. And he talked about a moment when somebody handed him a Bible. And instead of rejecting the Bible, he took it as a nice gesture from someone who cared or was concerned about his life. And, and then as he retold the, the, this encounter to this interviewer, the, the journalist, the, the journalist like was a little shocked because, I mean, again, he's well known as an atheist, right? But Penn went on to say that it didn't bother him. It doesn't bother me, he says, when someone shares their faith or talks about their God to me. What does bother me Penn said, is when people claim to know Jesus and love Jesus, and yet they don't care enough to tell me about him. Listen to this. This is where he really drops the bomb. Get ready. He concluded with the interview by saying this. One of the most powerful questions I think I've ever heard. He asked this. How much 
Do you have to hate someone to believe that everlasting life is possible for them, but you don't tell them? Do you care about the broken, lost, hurting world out there? Then church, then church. Now, 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 listen to me. I know that this is an evangelistic church. You say, well, why are you preaching that here? Why are you preaching that here? I had a lady come up to me this morning, the first service. She's been here for years. And she says, man, God convicted me this morning with this message. Why am I saying it here? Because you see, church, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Time is slipping by. Time is slipping by. And, and, and if we don't do what God has called us to do, we're going to have to give an account. Listen to this. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 say this. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say, God says this, when I say to a wicked person, you will surely die And you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life. That wicked person will die for their sin. And I, God says, will hold you accountable for their blood. Church. Can you imagine standing before God on the day of judgment and there's somebody standing over there and they say, I didn't know. And then they look over at you and they see you and you're, you're their friend, their neighbor, their, 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 their co-worker, their fellow student, or maybe their cousin or brother. Why didn't you tell me? Bible says their blood will be on our hands. But if you do warn the wicked person and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sin. But you will have saved yourself. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always, always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You have the answer that the world needs. You and I have it. The world needs it. Please, please, hear the word of the Lord today. You say, well, Where do I start? You can pray for your neighbor. Start there. Pray for that neighbor next door. Pray for the person across the street. Pray pray for the person on the other side. My wife and I have been praying for our neighbors. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, one of them comes up to us and says, hey, we want to go to your church. We want to check out your church. We haven't been home for a couple weeks because we've been on the road, but then I, I want to help them get to church. We've been praying, but we've been praying. Are you praying for them? Are you praying for them? Are you praying for them? First, start with prayer for, for, for your coworker, for that fellow student. Second of all, second of all, 
Invite them. Did you know, did you know that Barna did a study and he says, if four people are invited to church, if you invite four, one of them will come. One out of four, one out of every four people you invite will come. But if you invite them and say, hey, I'll go pick you up. You can come with me. More than half of them will come. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Brother Richard, this church, if they do that, next week you won't have enough room. You'll have to fill all the aisles. But hallelujah, what a blessing that would be. Amen? Amen? Number two, invite. Number three, share. You say, well, I don't know what to say. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. I'm going to ask my brother to come up, and he's going to close in a song. And uh, time is running out, church. Jesus is coming soon. We see what's going on in Israel right now. And, and, and the Bible is very, very clear. When you see that happening, when, they cut, when the world turns on Israel and they start coming against Israel, get ready. Your redemption draweth nigh. Time is running out. If you don't know Jesus today and you've not invited him into your heart, today, could, today needs to be your day. Come to him. Ronnie, sing the song for us. The Bible does say today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Hope the song will bless you this morning. Mm. Jesus said, here I stand. Won't you please let me in but will you say I will tomorrow Jesus said I am he who supplies all your needs but still you say I know but tomorrow Tomorrow, I'll give my life. Tomorrow, I thought about today. But it's so much easier to say. Tomorrow, we'll promise you. Tomorrow, come on and give your life today. Because tomorrow, very well may be to live. Jesus said, here I stand. Will you please take my hand? But will you say, I will, but tomorrow... Jesus said, I am he who supplies all your needs. But still you said, I know, but tomorrow, whoa, whoa, whoa. tomorrow I'll give my life. Tomorrow I thought about today. Oh, but it's so much 
He's here to sing tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? Come on and give your heart today. Cause tomorrow very well may be too late. And who said tomorrow would ever come for you? Still you laugh and play and continue on to Tomorrow, forget about tomorrow, won't you give your heart today? Oh, please, don't just turn and walk away. Tomorrow, tomorrow is not promised. Don't let this moment slip away. Cause your tomorrow could very well begin today. Amen. Right now, I'm going to ask real quick, because we're out of time. But if you need Jesus in your life, I'm standing right here. And if you want to give your heart to Jesus today, he's here to rescue you. He's here to save you. He's here to deliver you. Break that addiction in your life. Break the power of sin in your life. You've been bound. You've been in darkness. Walk into the light of Jesus Christ and come right now. I'm waiting right now. Come on down. The band is going to play. They're going to sing. And as they do, I want you to come and meet me right now. Come on down. Come on down. Forget about the people around you. It's not about them. It's not about who's going to say what. It's about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on down right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come and gather right here. We invite you forward, church. Prayer partners that are ready to pray with you.
me. No darkness, no evil will tease or torment. You know what I want to do real quick? If you're here today and you've been praying for lost friends or loved ones, and you need a breakthrough for them, I want you to just come gather right over here on this side. We're going to just pray a prayer over you right now. Come on down. So, yeah. And maybe you're one of those persons that you're saying, you know what, God really convicted me today, and I haven't been doing my job as being a rescuer, and I want to be, I want to step into what God called me to do, fulfill my plan and purpose. Come on down and just do that right now as they finish up this song. Yes. Come on down. No evil will tease or torment me. 